0: With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sap here, March 8th edition of the Fightful Wrestling Podcast. I am here with Jimmy Van. What's up, Jimmy Van?
2: How you doing, Mr. Sean Ross Sap? I guess we can tell everybody that we're taping this a day early, uh, a day early this week because I have to do businessy shit on Wednesday during our regular show. But uh,
0: nobody's
1: here this week. What's going on? It's, Am I the it, only person who has to work more than a day a week here? What's going on, Jimmy? I guess
2: you're clearly the least important of all of us. I mean, that's the one thing you could get out of it because Joe's away. Elias had to change it up.
1: Matt had to change it up. Didn't Helms have to change it up? Well, I had to change up Helms for Riddle, but Helms, we didn't do a show last week because we couldn't do it. Right. Robin Black's still in Vegas or Might wherever the next week. he's
2: at. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So, <laughs> so it looks like Elias may not be able to do a show, yeah. and by this time, we'll know, because he's in LA. He's doing Fighter and the Kid, which uh, will be some nice publicity, but- That's cool. One of my favorite podcasts, actually, to listen to. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. outs. Well, I guess I do. Now that I think about it, I guess I do do that whenever I'm not working. Because I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, there's three or four I listen to. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. When is Elias doing, yeah. Fighter and the Kid? Yeah, with his, which is Brian Callen and Brendan. Yeah, no, I know.
2: When? When is he doing it? Today. I got a text, text him. I got to text him. Because he's definitely got to plug us on that. I actually hit him up and I said, if I send you a fightful T-shirt, will you take a nice little pic of, of yourself in it? Let us model it. And he's like, absolutely. Elias is a really
1: good dude, as you know. Boy, so. that that's some cheap advertisement. Because well, see, here's the thing. Right now, you all have me up there. So I mean, I don't know if you even want Elias in a fightful T. Is it worth it? Clearly, he
2: clearly he's going to suffer by comparison clearly that's going to happen
1: but uh but we'll do what we can the head and shoulders world order you
2: you, that's what you should actually do you should get another shampoo sponsor and then you guys can kind of you know that would be amazing i'm growing it out a little bit
1: guys i'm growing it out a little bit
2: i will i will give you cash money if you get it to elias's level like
1: we'll work out a deal if you'll do that (laughs) i might do that i might so uh Yeah, Elias is also filming something today. I think maybe a movie. Maybe. Okay.
2: That's good. Hell, I don't know. So basically everybody from our podcast is getting movie roles now all of a sudden.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, Jeff got booked for an improv thing, or maybe it was a stand-up thing. can't remember what it was, but he was there last weekend. Hey, Jimmy, I had an independent wrestling promoter contact me this weekend. Might be doing a booking in May or June. To wrestle? Yeah.
2: Oh really I might my my babies do around then, otherwise, I would so
1: come for that well, it is uh let me tell you it would not be worth the trip. <laughs> my match might be okay. I'm not gonna say that I'm like a terrible wrestler or anything. I'm not a terrible wrestler. What's but, your style? Well, okay now here's the thing in comparison to Matt riddle, I am no tough guy, but around <laughs> here, people know me as a guy who trains m m a manages a fight team. And I usually team with my catch wrestling coach, and he is a legit badass. He goes and trains with Josh Barnett. We've trained with uh, Billy Robinson. So we we run the fight team gimmick, and we really we really lay it on. It's fun stuff. It's, it's fun cool, stuff. Man. Well, good luck yeah, up lots of booking that. for fightful people, except for Matt Riddle. He can't get booked anywhere. Yeah, no, no. He's a bum. Nobody wants him. Got a nice little project coming for him soon that you all will see. Uh, yep. Of course – don't tell him anything about it, but he ain't going to watch this show. He's in England right now wrestling for progress, defending that title, I think. Yeah,
2: I saw, I saw him on Twitter posting a few things. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, it's been an interesting time, and we, we, we've we been hit up by a blog network, a radio network that wants to potentially work with us. You got Access TV hitting you up, wanting you to uh, interview Jim Ross. As you know, I talked to a, a WWE Hall of Famer yesterday. Uh, not going to name names yet in case things don't happen, but uh, it's an interesting yeah. time for us, man. You know? it's Coco beware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's who it's it is. it. definitely Coco. I told him we'll do a deal, but only if you got the bird, man. Only if you got the bird. <laughs> so
1: do you got a list this week? Oh boy. I got a list. I bet, I bet, I bet you yelled at Nigel and you said, why isn't this on card stock? Because that, that's what I always do. Yeah. That's, that's my personality. <laughs> I, uh, so the first thing
2: on this list, I have to ask you, so, I try my best to listen to your other podcasts when I can. And, and most of the time, I don't catch them live, but I do catch them at some point. And on one of the podcasts this week, you said you've never seen Star Wars. And my, my question for you is, did you mean you haven't seen the latest one or you haven't seen any Star Wars?
1: I have seen... I can't remember which one it was, but when they remastered them in the mid 90s, I went with my cousin and watched one of them. Otherwise, I watched half of the one that came out in like 2000 or 99 or whatever it was. Other than that, I've never watched anything Star Wars played a Star Wars game. I had a couple of Star Wars toys and trading cards. That's it.
2: I, I don't understand how that's possible. See, okay, so I am not a, uh, you know, alien space kind of guy, I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you've heard that Star Trek fans, they call them Trekkies, they're off on a whole other level, right? Star Wars, Yeah, I don't like any of it. Well, the, well no, but they're different. Star Trek is, is, is just a very out there. Those fans are very passionate in their own way. Star Wars is more of a general, you know, it's for the Trekkie types. It's also for just general audience viewing. How have you never seen all of Star Wars? It's shocking to me that you've never it's seen just- it.
1: And I won't demean all the people that watch it like I, like I will about Pulp Fiction, but it's just never interested me.
2: Now, tell never me that have... you've seen the Rocky franchise. Yes. Okay, you yes, have I seen have. the Rocky franchise. And because of that, I don't need to ever watch a boxing movie again. Okay, because I was going to question your masculinity if you had not seen the, Ro- the Rocky, seen Rocky franchise, so at least you've seen that. But Star Wars, is I... it's pretty good
1: i've not seen creed i want to watch that soon it's though i may too. make an exception for that everybody yeah. says it's good but i mean to me I, i've watched so many boxing movies they're all the same right i've never watched star wars i'm not a big space guy like i watched interstellar and gravity and now i don't ever want to watch another space movie ever again like yeah, but those
2: are different those are different star wars is more telling a story sure. and you know those other ones are, are shit
1: sure i don't i don't care i don't care i don't like them
2: what about like the godfather have you seen the godfather Yes. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. So
2: there is some human It's been it's
1: been a long time. There there are a host of movies that I need to make time to rewatch when I can appreciate them. Okay. Because when I was 18 or 19, and I sat down and watched these. One I watched a lot of them on TV. And you do uh, not that is not the movie. Yeah, different, yeah. It's not the movie. And I yeah.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Let let me interrupt your list really quick. Yeah. Because this just came across my timeline. Marty Janetti's Facebook post. Says, to all my ninjas, I want your all's advice. I just got a call. $150,000 for three movies. Dot, dot, dot. Porno movies. Is he for real? That's legitimate? He says, can't say the name. They're a big company. I'm thinking my bruh Snoop had something to do with this. Check this, though. I get to tear up some beautiful bitches. But as my brother said, my family could see that. Mm -hmm. My thought is why is my family watching porno then going to judge me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> what do you all think on that? That's a good point. He's got to be in his, what, mid-50s by now, right? Yes, he is.
2: And does he do ind- – I, I remember seeing an independent match years ago when his his ankle was all messed up, and he was almost walking sideways on that ankle.
1: He doesn't have an ankle. Yeah, have you seen it? Yeah. It, like, barely exists.
2: Yeah. You know what? Normally, I would say that's a really poor career decision. In the case of Mario Gennetti, I think I'd probably lean towards why not. What else do you got going on? I mean, you want the guy to make a living.
1: They don't trust him enough to put him in the Hall of Fame right now. Yeah. Um, otherwise, he would have probably been there because he is still as wild as ever from, from what I can surmise. Yeah, that was, that was interesting to see come across the timeline. That yeah. is an assignment that's going straight to Alex right now. Um,
2: you should have Alex research the porn industry so that he can have a proper, proper knowledge of you know, what he's covering.
1: Yeah, I probably should. That's a good call. Someone
2: tells me Alice is not going to like that assignment. Just call it a hunch. What's next on your list? All right, I want to talk about the Seth Rollins stalking conversation uh, that you guys had. uh, I think it was on the Sunday night podcast that you guys talked about it. Um, I completely agree that fans take it to a whole other level and, and stalking you out at the airport at 3. AM is questionable. I remember CM Punk one time uh, in an interview said that he went out to take out the garbage and there was a couple of fans out back at his house. Uh, obviously that is, that is crossing the line, but, but I do disagree with you on one point. Uh, you said on one of the podcasts, you said Seth Rollins is only obligated to WWE. He is not obligated to his fans. I completely disagree with that. Why is that? So, I'm going to tell you a quick little story that kind of ties into this. Years ago, if you could try to envision this in your brain, I actually had dinner with the Bushwhackers uh, and Justin Roberts, the the former Raw ring announcer. And the Bushwhackers are a very recognizable tag team, as you know. And they were interrupted many times over our dinner. Like guys would come up and ask for an autograph for a picture. And every single time, they very politely, and it was Butch that did all the talking because, you know, Butch was the talker. And yeah. Butch kept on saying very politely, you know, look, let us just kind of finish our meal, uh, and then when we're all done, then I'd be happy to to talk to you. And we there was not one fan that was rude and and whatever. Everybody was very polite and i said, appreciate it, and and then that's what they did. I the Bushwhackers understood that it's because of the fans that they're able to do what they do for a living. Now I I, I I know when you do your character with the glasses and you joke around about these fans that say, I pay for your house and all that, and that is nonsense, but if people do not subscribe to the network, if they do not watch Raw that allows WWE to get the rights fees they get, if they do not go to the live events, if they do not buy the merchandise, Seth Rollins does not have a job, and that's a fact, and so he is obligated to his fans, but I think that a line should be drawn. So do I think it's cool for fans to show up at three in the morning? And sometimes you hear stories about how that they'll have a stack of eight by tens because you know, they're going to sell them. Right. Mm-hmm. Do I agree with that? No, no. But if it's the middle of the day and someone just wants a quick autograph and you think you're too cool for school and, and, and you blow them off, I think you need to realize where your paycheck is coming from. So I, I don't agree that they're only obligated to WWE. They are obligated to their fans, but a line should be drawn.
1: And that's my opinion. They, I mean, they can be, they don't have a contract signed with the fans. And the WWE doesn't even seem obligated to their fans. They edited out Roman Sucks chants from a YouTube video. So are they even obligated to the fans? I mean, sure. Yeah, it's the I buy your house thing. Now, here's the thing. If somebody were to say that to me, yeah, you kind of do. We're content creators. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, like, if somebody comes at me on – we had this talk yesterday. You said uh, don't respond to negative criticism. Yep. But sometimes, Jimmy – <laughs> These no chin having have an errand, boys. They got to get it.
2: You're feeding they got, they gotta
1: the be, hate. They got to be told.
2: No, you're oh. feeding the hate when you do that.
1: I mean, obviously, again,
2: and, and I told you this, lines have to be drawn. I told you yesterday, don't even delete the hateful comments. Let, let them sit there. Obviously, coarse language and any kind of reference to sexual acts, that stuff has to go. Uh, but otherwise, if they just say, Hey, Sean, I think that you have an ugly face and I don't like your haircut. And, uh, well, and... they have
1: never said that. They, nobody has, for, for the record, <laughs> nobody has ever called me ugly. Well, that's
2: because you're an amazingly beautiful human being. But that's
1: true. Okay, so, so I'll turn you, the table. Here, so that, Here's my advice to you, Jimmy. Yeah. That's what you should do
2: embrace the hate. Embrace the hate. For, embrace the hate. For a split second, I thought you were going to put the Ya Boy t-shirt back on there again because you've been no. finding a way to do that in every podcast.
1: Yeah, I have. prowrestlingteescom slash Sean Ross When are we getting <laughs> the Fightful store up?
2: So get this. So we've been approved, and the the uh, wait time is one to two weeks because they apparently just have like two guys that are in a room, you know,
1: Damn.
2: doing it manually. So one to two they're weeks. They're a
1: big operation, too. They sell a ton of t-shirts.
2: Well, apparently they're understaffed, so we got to wait. But anyway, that was the first point I wanted to make, was about my opinion on this whole Rollins fan thing. Uh, Let's go on to the next thing. I want to talk to you about the handling of Bailey for a second. Yeah. Now, I'm a little bit dumbfounded about this one, and I realize that people like to shit on WWE sometimes, and sometimes people like to make like, oh, they screw up everything. But here's why I'm dumbfounded about this. It's one thing to take a talent from the outside, uh, like a Kevin Owens or like a Chris Jericho when he first started or whoever. It's one thing to take someone from the outside that doesn't have any ties to WWE and screw things with them creatively. That's one thing. With Bailey, when she got to the main roster, she was already set. Like they had already built her. Uh, and Triple H is involved to a degree with both. He's involved with NXT and with WWE. I cannot fathom how they're screwing up her run. It doesn't make any sense to me that you take a talent that you built yourself bring her up to the main roster and completely screwed up. They've had her and actually wrote all this stuff down. They had her get squashed by Nia Jax. She beat Charlotte twice because both times she had help outside interference. Uh, Then they had her in the ring talking like she feels bad that she uh, didn't win cleanly, but that's okay. She's going to keep the title anyway. Now they had uh, Sasha Banks beat her on raw on Monday night. I can't fathom what they're doing with this girl. This girl should be the female equivalent of John Cena. That's who this if should you, be.
1: If you want to give the Roman Reigns push to somebody, right? It should be this girl. Like this is the girl you want. Like, and if you heard me, there was a guy at the corner store. Checks checks me out. The clerk, whatever. Mm. He's he's like, what are they doing with Bailey? And I was like, you you see it too, right? And he was like, man, my little sister loves Bailey. Right, right. How is there such a disconnect?
2: Between her NXT run when she was handled very well. I mean, that's where she was built. How was how is there such a disconnect between her NXT run and her WWE run? I just don't, I, I just it's it's unfathomable to me. And again, I realize NXT has its own set of writers, WWE has its own set of writers, Vince McMahon doesn't understand really much of anything, but Hunter is in, is there. He's there. Yeah. He he was there within NXT, he's there in WWE. It is unfathomable to me that she's being mishandled like this. And uh, seeing her lose to, uh, to Sasha on Raw, seeing her acting all, you know, I didn't win fairly, but she's going to hold on to the belt anyway. Man, are they ever dropping the ball with, with Billy. I just don't get it.
1: I, uh, yeah, this is, this is a real chance for them to have a breakout star to attack a demographic that they have never I can't think of one person that has really attacked that demographic without that person later being like overly sexualized or something uh-huh. like that. Because maybe AJ Lee to a degree, because she would skip around and hop around, but then she was making out with everybody on, on the roster. They they booked her that way.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I think they they have the opportunity to have something really special. I'll say this. Um I, I, I wrote a column the other day about how WWE ended a ton of streaks the other night. Like, they, they just ended – it was weird. And one of the things I put was that I didn't think that the era of unpredictability had really been capitalized on after Goldberg beat Lesnar. Bam, just like that. Mm-hmm. The only place I think it has is the women's division. A lot of people are upset because the title gets hot potatoed. I love it. I love that the title's getting hot potatoed because everybody loves to draw comparisons to the Attitude Era. Mm -hmm. Every damn title was hot potatoed back then. Every single one of them. I mean, they literally made a running joke of it that it was hot potatoed at Chuck E. Cheese, at the airport, uh, with with the hardcore title. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I like the unpredictability there. I really enjoyed that. I don't think they should have ended Charlotte's streak. I think that could have been a WrestleMania thing. And you always hear people say, well, they need to save it for this, save it for this. They don't have to save everything, but they didn't save anything in this women's division. Not Sasha's win, not Bayley's win, not Charlotte's streak, not Nia Jax getting beat. Right. And I think that maybe has helped my interest in the women's division because I, it's not obvious anymore. And I like that. I like not, not being obvious.
2: I mean, when you look at the UFC, since the UFC is legitimate competition, guys going on long win streaks and defending their title successfully is rare. Uh, yeah. And that's real life. And that's why guys like Anderson Silva uh, reach legendary status when they defend their title successfully eight or nine times. So I agree with you. I don't mind that uh, that somebody wins the title and then quickly loses it. I have no problem with that. But, uh, but again, I'm, I, it's just dumbfounding to me that they – within the company build up a talent and then when she's passed off to another creative team they just completely screw it up um i don't know it's just kind of mind-boggling to me you know and on, on a side note i gotta say sasha's roll up with the bridge on Nia jacks that was i love that how the hell did she that was great i love that
1: yeah um i i criticized that a bit the other day because i said her weight wasn't down enough i yeah. looked back at it it was a beautiful bridge i thought it, it was, was great i was incorrect Well, I mean, a lot of people were like, how could she roll up somebody like that? And I'm like, all right, have somebody more experienced than you, even if they weigh less, bridge you like that. Right. And uh, I was absolutely incorrect. I went back and watched that. I must have caught it out of the corner of my eye because it was a fantastic bridge from Sasha Banks. So I would like to apologize to Sasha Banks for that.
2: So next up, I want to talk about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. and again, this is MMA related, but I'm going to tie it into WWE cause that's how, that's what I like to do. So, uh, for wrestling fans and who aren't familiar with who that is, he is a UFC fighter. He fights in the 170 pound division. Uh, and he most recently has had two title matches where he was the challenger against the champion, a guy by the name of Tyron Woodley. The first fight that they had ended in a majority draw. Uh, and for the most part, they spent five rounds just kind of circling each other and not really doing much. Because they were both very hesitant, and they were afraid the other guy was going to counter, and you know, so it was five rounds of, of mostly reluctance, with the exception of a few flurries here and there. The rematch was last weekend, and it was even worse than the first time out.
1: I loved the first fight. The first fight was fantastic. It had its
2: moments. It had its moments, but there was a lot of reluctance, especially on Wonderboy's part, where he was just standing on the outside throwing shots because he was afraid to get countered. Uh, but this fight last weekend was was I thought brutal.
1: One of the worst title fights in it's UFC horrible.
2: And, and the reason I want to talk about this is because um, we have learned in both WWE and in UFC, talent is told over and over again, you make the most of an opportunity. They're always told that. And Wonderboy Thompson, to me, is an example of what not to do in that situation. Because I guarantee you, if he had have gone all out and, and got knocked out, but he went all out and, and, he, and he put on a great fight, he would still be considered one of the one of the top guys in the in the division, and they would probably feed him one or two other fighters to build himself back up, and then he would get another title shot. I guarantee you he could go on a five or six fight win streak now he 's not getting another title shot so long as Woodley's the champion because he put on such a shit performance uh, and I watched that fight just thinking he really didn't do himself any favors because he was just too scared to get knocked out and in w w e you see the same thing a guy like James Ellsworth, who was supposed <laughs> to be a one off who gets destroyed by Braun Strowman. And I, I realized that his look played a part in it because he's such a interesting looking guy.
1: His but line did too, though. He came up with that.
2: It did, but, but no, that just like the facial expressions, uh, like he, he took advantage of that two minutes of camera time that he had, and he turned it into a contract. That's a perfect example uh, of what to do. And uh, so I wanted to talk about the Wonderboy Thompson fight because I just thought he put on such a shit performance. I would not, like I said, I wouldn't give him another title. I don't care if he goes out and knocks out his next five opponents in a row. I wouldn't give him a title shot after that.
1: Yeah, I don't don't blame you. Hey, you're talking to a guy who two years ago wasn't in podcasting. Mm -hmm. And I made the best. Somebody gave me an opportunity. I made the best of it. Stephen Thompson did not make the best of his opportunity. You hear it all the time. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Don't leave it in the hands of the judges. Mm -hmm. Uh, Make the best out of your opportunity. The first fight, uh, the majority of media had the fight scored a draw. Mm -hmm. But more media had the first fight scored for Woodley than Thompson. The fans had it about 21% Woodley, 21% Thompson, 57% a draw. Mm -hmm. I'm rounding these up if that math doesn't make sense, guys. This fight, most media had it for Thompson winning. Well, actually, most media had it as a draw again, mm-hmm. but they leaned Thompson over Woodley. 63% of fans thought that Thompson won to 15.1% for Woodley. So you got a feel for the guy, but he didn't do anything. No, no. And I've, I've had this conversation, Jimmy, with, uh, with Joe, who knows his stuff as it pertains to officiating. I've had this conversation with Kentucky State uh, Athletic Commission Folks, like if nothing happens in a round, why not do 10 10? Mm-hmm. Like, you mean to tell me if me and you have a fight, Jimmy, and we stare at each other for five minutes, mm-hmm. one of us has to win 10 9? BS.
2: No, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was shit. And, I, and on a side note, I want to talk about Bruce Buffer. Uh, and again, yeah. to those unfamiliar, he is the ring announcer for UFC and he is the, the I think, half brother of Michael Buffer, who is the let's get ready to rumble guy. Uh, Bruce Buffer, I think needs a little bit of an education on how to correctly announce the outcome of a fight. I don't know if you caught, did you, do you know what I'm talking about? So when, when he was announcing the scores of the, of this, of this fight, because it went to the judges, uh, and there's three judges. So he said that the, the first one went to Woodley. Then he said the second one was a draw. That means that everything's hanging on the third one for the third one. He goes for the winner. Like right away, he's like for the winner, but he had already said Woodley as the first one, meaning that there was no drama left as soon as he said that. And I was watching that, and uh, I was specifically looking at Wonder Boy as soon as he said for the winner. And Wonder Boy was still standing there looking to the ground, kind of dumbfounded as to who won. Yeah. Uh, And I just thought, well, there goes all the drama in that. He should never have announced Woodley's name first because he gave away the ending by doing that.
1: Well, needless to say, those were, those were that scorecard situation in both fights were wildly uh, uncommon. Oh, yeah, for least. sure, for sure. And I hope they never fight again. But, I mean, you know what gave Tyron Woodley the edge in the end, right? What's that? Oh, I he went know. to Fightful.com, and he clicked that on it link. <laughs> yeah, he said it in his post-fight speech. They said, how'd you feel? He said, I felt better in this camp than any of them. Mm-hmm. And he said, quote, I've been taking my Onnit supplements. That means he's been taking his Alpha Brain. You know, I'm not the only guy that works like 60 hours a week. Tyron Woodley puts in the work too. He's got people filming Champ Camp all the time, so he's got to be happy. He takes that new mood to make sure his sleep cycle's good. He takes that T plus. I got some on the way. Did, I have talked my I have talked my wife into letting me turn our formal living room that we don't use into a home gym. Is that right? <laughs> oh yeah, she's so pissed. She's so pissed. Are you gonna get those gorilla kettlebells? Because I've seen those. Yeah, I probably will. I'll those? see if Anna will hook me up, but I'll probably get them anyway. I mean, I've got heavy bags and ellipticals and treadmills. I've been very smart with my money in the past to where I accumulated some nice stuff. Plus, I live in the cheapest place in the world. I live in Kentucky. Not cheapest place in the world. I mean, Jamaica's cheaper. But I ain't moving to Jamaica. I
2: was going to say Ethiopia, the cost of living is probably uh, lower than it is in Kentucky.
1: <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, she, she's just silently unhappy. But she's going to be happy when those onit supplements come in. I'm going to feed her that new mood. <laughs> she's going to be like, you know what? This
2: is a good idea. This and then, is then you're going to tell me one day, guess what, Jimmy? I'm having a baby after all.
0: Because no, my I'm wife is
2: taking on it in the mood or whatever the hell it's called. New mood, new mood, new mood, In new mood. mood. New mood. Don't bury the product. Come I on. guess I got wrong on that one. New mood.
1: <laughs> we'll have a new way for you all to support us via it soon because I know they're changing up some of their uh, referral situations. So mm-hmm. uh, that, That's a Lindsay situation. Lindsay's the mastermind behind that type of stuff. She's working on it all, man. Yep, she's good. She's working on it all. She's a genius. Lindsay is wonderful. International Women's Day today as we film this. I saw yeah, I saw you posting about it. I saw
2: Anna was uh just having a love fest for Fifel. That's all good.
1: Yeah. So obviously thank you to all the great women that work with us. Uh like Danielle, Anna, Melissa, Lindsay, and of course Trina, who did some work with us before too. We got Owens versus Lesnar this Saturday at MSG. We're going to
0: have some still, footage still, of that.
2: I still have things left left on my list, but uh, we can talk oh, about it. Oh,
0: damn. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the Owens thing first. So that's a live event? Owens and Lesnar?
1: MSG. Yep. Oh, Lady yeah. Benning. That's the
2: SmackDown show, right? But they're bringing them on to the SmackDown show.
1: No, I think SmackDown's doing Barclays. I could be wrong.
2: Oh, I thought it was a SmackDown show, but they're bringing might those be. guys in. Because Cena's on the card, isn't he?
1: Yeah, it might be. I'm, I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll it check is. it out. I think it is.
2: Oh, good for Brock. They actually aired a uh, they aired a live event to add on Toronto Television on Monday night for a Detroit House Show. Uh, I believe it's on March 13th, or not a House Show. I think it's a Raw taping on March 13th, and they said that Brock's going to be there as well.
1: Also, uh, yeah, you're right. It's a SmackDown show, which also has John Cena versus Bray Wyatt, Ambrose versus Corbin versus Miz, and Luke Harper versus Randy Orton. Orton. Oh. That sounds like a fun show. Apollo Crews, Ziggler, and. Eh. American Alpha Usos and you got some other stuff, but that's a top heavy show. That that sounds like a good time.
2: MSG is a good time. Yeah, it's a good time. I have not been to a live event at MSG. It's on my list for sure.
1: I will go. Uh Demon Diva, a friend on Twitter, is going to be sending us some footage of that. She hit she uh hits up a lot of those shows. But uh Isn't Carlos
2: exciting. in New York too?
1: Carlos is in New Jersey. Oh, you I do want me close enough. You but, should tell Carlos to go. But he uh, covers a lot of the boxing at the Barclays Center. Barclays Center and boxing promotions, very good to Fightful.com. They love having us there. Well,
2: they might not after I talk about a boxing story in a minute. But uh, first, first I want to talk about Rusev for a minute. Europeno uh, um, heat? <laughs> you know what? After what happened to him on Monday, uh, and on Sunday you for that Sunday? matter. Well, yeah. Is I, was I, he even on Monday? Uh, maybe I'm thinking about Sunday. He, yeah. uh, he is due for a reset, and uh, I really think that they need to showcase his personality. Rusev, if, if you've never seen some of the videos that he's done, like when he's done Up, Up, Down, Down with Xavier Woods. Uh, he did a thing with Lana when they were reading Dr. Zeus books. He's done some stuff on the WWE Network. Rusev is actually very likable, very personable, very funny. Uh, why can't they showcase that? It's because you and you know, I have talked before about how the biggest stars typically are the same people with the volume turned up. And George the yeah. Animal Steel was an obvious exception to that. But Rusev is a funny, likable guy. Like, if they showcase that personality, because he's got talent, and, he, and if they showcase that personality, they could have something with him. I think they need to reset him and actually let him, let him be more like himself.
1: That's why I brought up the Europeano heat thing. Like, I know mm-hmm. it sounds like I'm saying this in jest, Rusev can pull that off. Oh, 100% he could. 100% he could. And the fans want to like Lana. They want to like her.
0: You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop.
1: Eddie Guerrero's China to Rusev? Sure, why not? Otherwise, if they want to keep down the dominant path, which doesn't exist, mm-hmm. if they want to keep him as is, you got to draft him to SmackDown mm-hmm. because that is the ultimate fresh start. Now, we haven't necessarily seen that Sometimes We saw it short-term with Jack Swagger, who a few months later asked out of his contract. Yeah, But that yeah. guy's going to get offered 50 to 75K to fight for World Series of Fighting or Bellator if he wants it.
2: Yeah. Best of luck to Jack Swagger. I don't know, man. MMA says he's going to, he's going to, he's going to
1: get bookings. Oh, I'm I sure he me. will.
2: I'm sure he will. But I mean, we, we talked before. MMA is a tough racket. It's a tough mm-hmm. racket. Best of luck to him.
1: Hey, I mean, he's going to get paid 50 to 75 K to fight some scrub. Yeah. And he'll out wrestle them, grind them out, maybe pound them out.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe one more thing on my list. Uh, although I also have a quote on here, you know, when we were talking last week about the stupid nicknames that they give people, And uh, I found myself, I couldn't help but pay attention now when Michael Cole, because Michael Cole annoys me. He's like the ultimate corporate chill, that guy. And uh, he said one thing at one point, it was after the Brock Lesnar segment with Goldberg. And Michael Cole said, switching gears from the beast incarnate to the monster among men, because he was then shifting to a Braun Strowman segment. And I just heard that going, how do they think that sounds good? I just It's so stupid. It's, you, you look at Mick Foley when he was on commentary and him and Vince butted heads and he ended up getting off commentary. I swear, man, I don't care what they're paying me. If I'm on commentary and Vince is on the headset saying, okay, I want you to say switching gears from the Beast Incarnate to the Monster Among Men, fuck that. I am not saying that. It's stupid. I don't know why they do it.
1: Well, Jimmy, needless to say, he's not up there with – your boy, <laughs> as it pertains to segues. But let me tell you guys, you can be up there with your boy. <laughs> you if found you a way. You these, found a one way. One of these pro wrestling tees. Head over to prowrestlingtees.com slash Sean Ross. Buy a your boy shirt. I had to order like 10 shirts the other day because I have people that are coming down and they're stopping. I'm not going to Mania. Yeah. There's a lot to cover here. So they're stopping here on their way from the Northeast. And I was like, I'll just give them to you. Not a big deal." I was actually checking so. the sales numbers this morning, and I thought,
2: "Holy <laughs> shit! Look at all the shirts we're selling!" And then I looked at where they're being sent, and I was like, "Sean Ross, yeah, to, to me, yeah, he like his own these shirts."
1: Sh- well, I mean, they were like, "Hey, we want to order these shirts, but they're from Canada. These people are from Canada. They didn't want to pay the shipping." Really? So where are they in Canada? I don't know. I'd have to look. Oh, so you're very close friends, then? Obviously. I- like, what, am I visiting them in whatever <laughs> Canadian city? I, I haven't even visited you, and I work for you.
2: Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. when We hit our goal. We've talked about it.
1: Yeah, it's but happen. they're uh, driving down, and I was like, you know what? I'll spare you the shipping. I'll have it sent to me. Mm-hmm. They're going to pick them up. So we got some of that going on, too. But head awesome. over to uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Ross that buy your boy shirt and a Fightful shirt.
2: Oh, thank you for plugging the Fightful shirt in the middle of your spiel yeah. for your own shirt. Appreciate that. Well,
1: I mean, hey, we're, I'm about to pull that from my store because I would imagine we'll have one up on the Fightful store. We will soon. I might, I might put yours up there too if you ask me nicely. Nah, yeah, maybe. Might do it. I okay, last think I should thing. get another design. What's that? But I got to 5,000 followers now, so I have to follow up on that or follow through on that. Sending a random follower autographed used nail clippers. Are you kidding? 70 people like the tweet to enter the contest. Are yeah. you kidding me? No.
2: Oh, man. No. That's like, that's like, you might as well send a lock of your hair while you're at it, too. Put a nice little ribbon around it. Put it in a little box.
1: Send that to them, too. Ooh, that's a good contest. A lock of Matt Riddle or Elias Theodore's hair. That could work. You know what? That could work. You could use that for a multitude of things. You could clone them. You could. Eventually. You could. You want some good genetics. Hey, those, those riddle genetics might want a lock of his kid's hair because I don't know if you all have seen his wife. His wife is a freak of nature as well. She's yeah. a former gymnast. Actually, I think she's a current gymnast. She right? does CrossFit too, I think, right? Uh, the genetics in that family. Yep. Dang, man. Yep, It's true. Dang. And, yep. and we actually have friends, Matt and I do, uh, which is weird because we didn't know they knew each other. There's a brother and there's a sister. They're, I won't give away their first name, but their last name is Sergeant. The girl' Her last is name is cr-
2: Sergeant? Yes. Okay.
1: The girl is a fitness machine, fitness model. She appeared on uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Ranch and did the Skullbuster Challenge. Beat it. The brother looks exactly like Matthew McConaughey and is an undefeated pro MMA fighter. And I'm like, where did I get left out <laughs> in this genetic? situation like this isn't fair but the good
2: news is i didn't bring him into fightful i brought you into fightful that's true some things work
1: well he can't carry a podcast like me see
2: so even though you're genetically inferior to him you can still
1: you still have your strengths you know that remains to be seen that remains (laughs) to be seen i might be able to i was going to say i might be able to do a better mcconaughey impersonation but he sounds just like him too which leads me to believe that voice has more to do with facial structure than anything okay i got to hear your mcconaughey impersonation no, I'm good. Got to hear it. Got to hear it. You guys got to pay for that. Maybe I'll do that on that show that I'm going to do for registered members of Fightful.com only. Okay. You know, we we give you all the Matt Riddle and Shane Helms show early before anybody else has access to it. But I'm thinking about doing maybe a bi-weekly show about anything. I've heard some of you say like a, an anything but fighting okay. podcast. That could be interesting. But really, I'll do it about whatever you all want. Whatever gets you all to sign up for free no credit card required at fightful.com. Are we going to need standards and practices to review that before it goes up? Maybe. I don't know.
0: Okay.
2: As long as you don't fire me, (laughs) I'm cool. If I do fire you, what am I going to do then? Alex, I have a great, great news for you, bud. That's basically what would happen. (laughs) Well, good luck.
1: Good luck having somebody that directs the (laughs) the MMA traffic. Good good luck. Ariel Helwani. What are you doing next week? Well, he's under contract for 232 years. And something
2: tells me he ain't cheap. Call it a hunch.
1: Oh
2: no! Are you saying that I'm? No, it's not what I'm saying. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying uh, you are more cost effective because I was gonna say when you when you I look was at
1: gonna say. when you
2: look at all the hours you put in a week and when you divide it by your massive contract, it still works out for me based on the number of hours that you do. that's what that's how I look at. It.
1: More cost effective. I'll say this: I'm I'm pretty happy with what I make here, considering and being where I am. Makes it fine for me. I mean, I have I have flat out turned down money from you before.
2: Well, wait until the 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 traffic
1: grows, man. When we start getting sponsors, yeah, you know, we'll talk about that. I might give you a, well, when we when we were talking about ads and stuff. I was like, I don't want any extra money. I think you all are good to me. Hey, a lot of people don't know this. Jimmy Van, after maybe a month of knowing me, mm-hmm. month or two knowing me, messaged me on uh, Twitter or not Twitter, Skype one day, and this is the kind of guy Jimmy Van is. He said, do you have a photo booth for your wedding? Mm -hmm. I said, no, we were thinking about it. It wasn't in the budget. He said, go get one. I'll pay for it. Mm -hmm. Next thing I know, he had PayPal'd me the balance of it. That's what kind of boss I have at Fightful.com. And you know why
2: I did that? The reason I did that is because I have been to weddings that did not have a photo booth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And let's be honest. Weddings can be a drag because you got to get there in the morning and you're there until like midnight or whatever it is. It can be a drag. So I found weddings with a photo booth made it more fun. And when you said, no, nah, I don't think there's going to be one, I was like, screw it. You're getting one because you're going to like it. So
1: I appreciated that. I almost screwed my own wedding reception up. You want to know why? What? The DJ is a friend of mine, great DJ. I said, man, I don't want the cha-cha slide played. I don't want the cupid shuffle played. I don't want what any of that trash played and the dance floor was empty until i said okay go ahead and do it and he played them back to back to back and people went crazy
2: i thought you were going to say that they played john cena's entrance music
1: no they played bobby roods uh when we walked <laughs> out that was a nice surprise <laughs> i actually had pomp and
2: circumstance for my entrance at my wedding did you toss your cap and gown up in
1: the air afterwards uh
2: well no it was it was you know Randy savage based it wasn't based on a uh, on a college oh, okay. on a college uh, on a college thing but we had it where I came out to that, and then my wife came out to Man Eater, and uh-huh. uh, kind of shot me down on the dance floor. That's what we did. The Nelly Furtado song? Uh no, it's the old one from like the eighties.
1: Oh gosh, come on, Nelly Furtado is a talent. She's Canadian too, man, because we are taking over. Is she? Yeah, she is. Well, I don't think she's taking over these days, but yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. She was a personal favorite of mine. She was pretty good. Pretty good. One more uh, also, yes.
2: One more thing on my list. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about boxing for a minute. Uh, and I want to talk about one reason why there are big problems in boxing. And there have been for many, many years.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and again, for those of you who are big wrestling fans and you're unfamiliar with boxing or MMA, boxing financially has struggled in, in, in recent years with the exception of the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, which did phenomenal. Uh, Canelo Alvarez is okay. Uh, but in terms of draws, they don't really have anything major going on. And they have not outside of Mayweather and Pacquiao in probably 10 years. Um, Oscar De La Hoya who you guys are probably familiar with. He's a promoter now. He's a former boxer. He was interviewed by ESPN about a potential Mayweather-McGregor fight, boxing fight, and his response was, it would be an embarrassment for boxing. And that, to me, right there is one of the problems with boxing, is a lot of promoters, they're too hung up on the purity of boxing, and they're too hung up on the legacy, and they're too hung up on tradition, and they don't realize what it takes to actually draw a box office. Uh, and Mayweather McGregor would draw box office. And, and so when I read that interview, I thought, well, there's your problem. I mean, you guys are so hung up on that stuff. He should embrace it. And if anything, he should try to grab McGregor and promote McGregor since Mayweather is going to have his own promotion. Uh, he should try to grab McGregor and try to make that fight happen. But instead he thinks it's an embarrassment for boxing. That's, that's your problem.
1: I, the it's, it's on boxing mm. to do this. They, they've got to put fights that should be big fights. On network TV now. Well, I mean, they, they, they've tried, tried it. Yeah, they tried it with 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 like lower level stuff, and they've lost a shitload of money. But well, I mean, uh, they they put Deontay Wilder on there the other day. Deontay Wilder should be a huge star. Right. I know who Deontay Wilder is. Here's the thing: you look at who boxing has right now. There's no reason for these guys to not be big stars. Klitschko, mm-hmm. Fury, Wilder, Joshua, Triple G, uh, Pacquiao, even Broner, Ward, Kovalev, mm-hmm. Roman Gonzalez, Terence Crawford lomachenko there are a lot of guys there's a lot of personality oh yeah for sure yeah there's no reason that they shouldn't have a marquee fight every two and a half two months Mm -hmm. there's no reason but they don't no Uh, and and we run these we run these uh live viewing coverage and crickets crickets in it It ain't because of the site you guys it's because of boxing
2: yeah and and I mean again I mean aside from them being too concerned with 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 tradition and with legacy obviously there's been a long time problem with promoters because they want to protect their own fighters and so they don't want to give the best fights because they're concerned their guy's going to lose so for example if Bob Arum is promoting and he's got a big fighter and Oscar De La Hoya has a big fighter they won't necessarily put that fight together even if it's a big money fight because they they both don't want their guy to lose they'd rather have them fight somebody else under their contract that's another long-time issue with boxing, but I, I just thought that De La Hoya uh, interview was so indicative of uh, of the problem. And he had even said in another interview that 2016 was one of the worst financial years in boxing history. And yet, you're telling me you wouldn't want to jump all over a McGregor fight if you could? I mean, they have a lot to learn.
1: I mean, there's a reason why Holly Holm wants to compete in the UFC instead of remaining a boxer.
2: Yeah, even though she needs to let that fight go, I wish she would just move on already. I but, wish everybody uh, would. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. Uh, that's it for my list, man. So uh, you can take over for like the last 15 minutes. <laughs> I got
1: nothing. I got nothing. You got nothing. Why, why, why am I here? Why am I even here? Interviewed Jim Ross. It was very fun. Very yeah. good. Now, you said you've got a
2: bunch of news coming out of that. Do you want to um, share anything interesting?
1: Yeah, like six stories. He told me that he was not approached by Impact Wrestling about the angle that involved him verbally. And he said he didn't mind. He said that uh, Jeremy Borash and Josh Matthews, he likes both of those guys. And if it helps further an angle on Impact Wrestling, then so be it. And he gave them a nod. They, they ran a graphic for his one-man show during the tapings. And he said maybe, maybe that was a, the reason they did it. So that, that was positive. He also talked about his discussions with Josh Barnett before he went to TNA wrestling for these last set of tapings, thought it was a great idea. Talked about the New Japan tournament, access his commentary policies for him. Uh, really it opened up about Kenny Omega, what he does and doesn't like about Kenny Omega, which mm-hmm. is good because he's not just talking sugar about these guys. It's really good stuff, and I love New Japan on Access. It gives you, it gives American fans no excuse to not at least check out New Japan Mm -hmm. because you've got American commentary. You've got a guy who you're familiar with in Jim Ross. You see American talent or North American talent on the show. Got a lot of good stuff out of Jim Ross on that one. Also, these Impact tapings this Mm -hmm. weekend. I had a giant update yesterday, well, Monday on Fightful.com. Head over to the exclusive section, guys. Check that out what do you think about the new direction of impact wrestling? Cause I know you've been negative on them in discussions. We
2: yeah. Had. So I, and I guess I should make this clear too, because I've gotten a few messages. I am not a hater of, I guess I can't call it TNA anymore. I'm not a hater of impact wrestling. I want impact wrestling to thrive because if impact wrestling goes, of out, if they go to business, that's one less place for all these people to work. Uh, so I want it to thrive. It's good. It's good for the business. It's good for fightful. I don't want them to die.
1: If they're doing 10, 10. 10.0 ratings, then we're racing our gold speedboats across the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> right now.
2: Is that what you want to do? If you get a, if you get a bunch of money, you want to. I hate, a I hate speed open boat?
1: water. I hate open water, so no.
2: Have you ever been on a jet ski before? Have I asked you this before? Have you ever been I on a jet may, ski? I may have
1: been. I think I may have been.
2: So when we hit our goal, I'm going to take you out to my cottage in the summertime. I have a cottage on the St. Lawrence River in Canada, and I'll, I'll mm-hmm. take you out
1: there on a jet ski because I think that would be awesome. That would be neat. I'm supposed to take, I think this summer, I'm taking the wife to Orlando or something for a few days. We've got some sort of tentative vacation planning there. But my thing is, I don't like to vacation that long. Yeah, and that was supposed to happen
2: like last year, right? Well, for our honeymoon,
1: but I was like, okay, the site just launched, and she was okay with it. Right. So
2: I will say this, about going back to Impact Wrestling... The only issue I have with Impact Wrestling, aside from the fact that I still believe that Jeff Jarrett is is taking the owners for a ride, Uh, I I believe that he saw an opportunity to make money and to run the show and not have any financial risk. The fact that he's got Global Force Wrestling's tag titles on the show is a joke. I'm not a big fan of of Jarrett's involvement yet. I mean, obviously, if they come through with the spike talks that that they're talking about, then I will beat my words and say that it was a great pickup. Right now, I don't think Jarrett I don't, I just don't think he's done a lot in the last several years in wrestling. My biggest issue with impact wrestling is that they remind me of a glorified independent promotion because you know, when a big indie promotion will bring in a guy like Bruce Pritchard because of his podcast viewership, like that's what an independent would do, or they would, or they would bring in a guy like Alberto Del Rio and put him in the main event of their show. Independents do that in order to draw fans to their show. And Impact Wrestling, in my opinion, pulled those same kinds of moves, those same kinds of independent wrestling moves uh, at their tapings. That was my biggest issue with it. I I understand that Bruce Prichard has a decent uh, podcast uh, viewership or listenership, but I thought it made them look really indie by having him uh, come on. And they even put the name of his podcast on the video screen when he was coming out. Mm -hmm. That, to me, looked very indie. Um, Putting Alberto immediately into the title picture looked really indie. So I had issues with that kind of stuff. But otherwise, uh, again, they were going nowhere with the, with, the, with the previous regime. I also wasn't a big fan of having Dutch Mantel kind of pretend to be Zeb Coulter with the same look and you know all that crap. But otherwise – What's he
1: going to do? Shave his
2: face? No, but I mean – Learn to walk again? At least don't put the vest on him, right? Don't put the vest on him. Didn't, did, he wears that. He wears that all the time. But Zeb Coulter as a character is known for that look and didn't and didn't he also say we the people or something at the taping like he i don't know like uh, they should stay away from that i bet he
1: said something like we the people of tna i I think think he said
2: something i think he said something oh jesus so they should stay Um, away from that but otherwise they weren't going anywhere with with the previous regime so uh so change is good i mean i embrace the change and again i don't want impact to die i want impact to survive i just don't like it when i feel like either they're they're pretending to be an independent or they are an independent trying to be something bigger. And when I think that the ownership is being taken for the
1: ride, which I kind of think they are. I think that changing the name to impact is a great idea. I agree. Get rid of TNA. I think that bringing in Pritchard is a good idea because he's not like, it's not like Snooki who has no ring experience, no experience in wrestling. He knows how to perform on camera and his show right now is doing two or three times the, the the audience that TNA is. So if you can grab a few of them, Grab a few of them. They lost Matt, Jeff, Rebby, Maxwell, and Drew Galloway. Maxwell, who is worth more than a lot of the talent they have. <laughs> oh, come on. He is. He is. How many gifs of Aiden O'Shea have you seen over the past year?
2: So you're basically saying that Maxellism is a more valuable wrestling talent than Aiden O'Shea?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely.
2: I want this clip. I want you to put this clip on Twitter and I want if, if Aiden O'Shea is on Twitter, I want you to copy him on it.
1: I want you to tag him. It's no disrespect to Aiden O'Shea. <laughs> Maxwell's a phenomenon. He's a
2: phenomenon. Okay.
1: He's special. You know what? Maxwell's a hell of a lot more valuable than me. If you ran a Maxwell Hardy podcast, it probably does more numbers than me. Oh,
2: I'm sure it would because you would have a lot to say and uh, your guest host wouldn't have to carry it at all.
1: That'd yeah. be fantastic.
2: I mean, my kid is about the same age as Maxwell. My kid is really good at saying uh, potty and pee-pee and poo-poo and uh, yummy treats. So that would be your podcast. Hey.
1: Uh, I will say with the guys they lost, they did a really good job at redistributing the money, and they brought in like a ton of people. They got the LAX thing back. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, with- and honestly,
2: like for I, I don't know what the Hardys were getting paid, but I'm sure they were getting paid a decent well, amount. Yeah, I'm sure they were. They weren't really, I don't think they were really having a major impact on their numbers. I know that the first Alicia did well, but the other stuff they did afterwards didn't. So it, it's almost like a lot of the casual wrestling fans, you know, they were interested to check out the first one. A lot of them probably thought it was stupid because it was, and then they didn't tune in for the ones afterwards. So I, I questioned the value that uh, that the Hardys really had to their numbers.
1: Yeah, if if we see their numbers and they're in the 100,000s, then... Yeah, they had a measurable degree of success towards those numbers, but I don't know if they're going to drop any lower, but... No. Man, some thousand. and there was a report, Spike TV denied, that Scott Fishman and Jeff Jarrett talked about Spike. Uh, they did, guys. Yep. They did. Regardless of what Spike's saying, and regardless of whatever I, the reporter that said that says, they did talk about it. I was told about that. Just because Spike denies it, and... Uh, Ryan sat in a pro wrestling sheet, reported it, and guy came. the other guy came out and said, this report is incorrect. No, it wasn't. If you are that dumb to believe that Jeff Jarrett didn't mention something to him, that's mm. a discussion, guys. That's a talk.
2: And again, if, if, happened, if, if Jarrett was able to get them back on Spike, then man, he, he would definitely have proven his worth on that. But what is the value to Spike? You have a property. What was their max with, what, what was their peak? Was it like one and a half or two million viewers, something like that?
1: It was about one and a half million, but that mean that back then, I mean those numbers are those are good numbers for Spike TV.
2: Of course, those are good numbers for just about any network now. I mean WWE does what three uh, most weeks, three and a half, and that's considered good in this day and age.
1: Hey, that's why I break down the YouTube numbers every Tuesday and Wednesday from Raw the night before, SmackDown the night before. I think that's a better metric of Mm -hmm. who is watching what on a show because people are going out of their way to watch these segments. Right, but do so, like, do you
2: think that that what kind of value would there be for Spike to bring back TNA with its current viewership? Even though granted as soon as they're on TNA the numbers going to go up because there's more eyeballs. But what is the value in bringing that back and paying rights fees to Impact given their current popularity? I mean, I just don't see value. If anything, if I was Jarrett and if Spike said, "Look, we'll bring you back on a barter deal like for the first year," I would jump all over that if
1: I was Impact. I would too. And their thing is they want to get they want to get their program on something that has HD coverage everywhere is what I'm told. Right. And uh, obviously more viewers. And they want to get a paying deal. Now, here's the issue. Uh, well, uh, here's not an issue. Name, name a show on Spike right now besides Bellator or Cops. I do not watch it. I, can't, I, gotta be, I
2: yeah. Honestly, whenever Bellator comes on and I decide to watch Bellator, I have to look up what channel Bellator is on my cable package. Or uh, what channel Spike is on my cable package? Because I never, I remember watch Spike
1: back in the day. I used to be all on it, man. The MXC Slam Ball, Pros versus Joes, the Joe Schmo Show, even the Ultimate Fighter or WWE World's wildest police videos. They had mm-hmm. a lot of. They really hammered that eighteen to thirty four male demographic. And since then, they 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 lightened it up and it just it just wasn't what it once was and now they're rebranding in a paramount and even though they have people in bellator have been told yeah you're going to be a part of our network the people that some of the people i've talked to were still a little concerned that could change
2: i wouldn't be concerned at all because they own it Viacom owns yeah, it. Yeah, Viacom, Viacom owns Viacom. it. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's one thing if you're if you're impact, let's say Impact Wrestling was on spike and they rebranded. I'd be concerned if I was if I was Impact. I wouldn't be concerned if I was Bellator. They've got too much invested into Bellator. They're not going to scrap it. They're not.
1: I don't think they're going to scrap it. I just thought there were some people who said to me, they were worried about the future of Bellator. Like, what if they try to encourage Bellator to run different nights, which I don't think running Saturday nights is a bad idea, but Friday seems to be a real nice spot for Bellator. They've established that as their night.
2: Yeah, but at the the same time, UFC has shown when they don't have a good fight, manovating a card, even on free television, their ratings are not great in the UFC. So I think that if you take one of the fights that Bellator puts on, like uh, with Rory McDonald or or, uh, Rampage Jackson, put that on a Saturday, they could do well, I think
1: wonder how out of shape rampage is going to be for this king mo fight. I've I heard know. He's big. I heard what he said about John Jones and Ronda Rousey, that guy's something else. Hey guys, we have an exclusive interview with Rampage Jackson coming to fightful.com in the coming weeks before that fight. Jimmy, anything you want to get out to the people before we go?
2: Uh, not really, man, not really. Thing, things things are, are you know, chugging along. We're doing our thing. Uh, I honestly I have nothing for you today. This 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 was kind of like a a quick thing to put together because I'm busy on our usual day this week and I had to like Mm -hmm. rush my list together man usually I have time for my list and I had to rush the list today but uh but I got it done for you no otherwise thanks for tuning in and uh yeah we're gonna keep doing our thing so
1: Joe who hosts a show every day has gone this week
2: yeah and boy does that guy like to post on Twitter I'm gonna have to chirp him a little bit for how much he
1: loves to post on social media all the Mayan Riviera and all that stuff he's doing and then the, the Monday co-host, Robin Black, he's gone. Tuesday co-host, Elias Theodoru, out of town. Wednesday co-host, Jimmy Van has stuff to do. Thursday co-host, Matt Riddle, had to move to Friday. So I had to move Friday co-host, Shane Helms, to Thursday. I'm going to be stoked when this week is over.
2: What about Sean Pearson? Is he still
1: in? I hope so. I got to message him tonight.
2: Yeah, you should because he's supposed to be Wednesday and night. And again, uh, people that don't like MMA, you might want to check out Sean's, Sean Pierce's oh, yeah. podcast just because he's, he doesn't give a
1: shit. I, I sure hope he is. I'm giving up one of my evenings off to do a show with him. So I hope he, he doesn't like stand me up. What
2: do you typically do on your evenings off aside from like play with your six cats? What else do you do?
1: I very rarely play with my six cats.
2: You told me you do. You said that you have like balls with rattles in them. And uh, you told me I don't
1: don't toss them around. They play soccer by themselves. (laughs) Usually I just spend some time with the wife. We go out and eat or we go watch a movie. Uh, I want to go see that get out movie. I heard it's good. But I think tomorrow evening before the podcast, I have a friend that's coming in from Indiana. She uh, had a son recently. So we're going to see her son for the first time. So the person from
2: Indiana that's coming is not Vince Russo.
1: Is he in Indiana now? Like, has he moved? Yeah, he's moved. Oh, so he's there now. Yeah, we were talking about Indianapolis the other day. I told him he's got a visit. He's never been. How far is Indiana? How far is he from you? Three hours. Have you guys ever met in person?
2: No. Oh, dude, you got to hook that up. Have you guys met halfway? An hour and a half. No problem.
1: You got to hook that up. You think Vince Russo is going to travel halfway to meet me?
2: yeah i think he might i think he might i mean what else does he have to do
1: i think as is tradition you have unrealistic expectations as it pertains to vince russo
2: maybe maybe i mean i i gotta tell you man he the first time i ever talked to him right and obviously the first question that vince asked is how much did you know vince <laughs> the the second question that vince asked me is who will, who will i be working with and when i said sean ross Sapp, he put you over he did
1: he should he did he should i'm great
2: and I mean and not narcissistic at all
1: I mean I got guys like Bill Aptor and Vince Russo putting me over do you know how many people I have that will be like you're not professional enough and I'm like where's the fun in not being colorful not being fun like you know what it takes things way too literally I hate that
2: this is actually one of the things that I don't like about Charlie Caruso is that yeah. as, as intelligent as she obviously is and as well-spoken as she is, I find her too – if there's such a thing as being too polished and too professional, I find that she is too polished to be a raw backstage interviewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she belongs on ESPN. And, uh, and you look at Renee Young, and Renee Young was somebody that ESPN has courted and and they've tried to go after she understands that there's a balance she can be professional but she can also be funny and she can also you know kind of shoot, almost shoot the shit with the talent on the air kind of thing charlie caruso is mm-hmm. way too professional i i think that you're good just the way you are man
1: hey i like it
2: just stop responding to negative criticism stop doing it
1: stop doing it Absolutely. you're feeding the hate man stop doing it i embrace the hate Sometimes you got to let them know, hey, guys, if you see somebody acting completely foolish, ridiculous, saying ignorant stuff on Twitter, quote the tweet and use the hashtag real people that exist, and we will eviscerate them on a future podcast. I guess that's it. Follow me at Sean Ross am I'm past 5,000. I got to get those nail clippers ready. How are you going to package those up? Are you just going to, like, throw them in an envelope? I might buy a new set and just sign the outside. Uh, I mean, that's sweet of you to do that. It's not as fun,
0: but that's nice. We're out, guys.